Greetings, everyone. It is so good to be once again in the house of the Lord. There is no better place to be by any means possible in the sanctuary in your living room. Wherever you can tune in to the presence of God in his holy, holy place. And so we invite you now from all over the world and throughout this sanctuary, we invite you to join us as we come during this Lenten season, this season of, of just stopping, taking a breath, resetting ourselves to the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life for our sins. And to imagine what it is we can give him back. And so I invite our wonderful musicians, our minister of music, Sister Hope Carr, and her husband, Brother Darnell Carr, to come now and lead us in Praise, oh, give glory to God. Praise the Lord, everybody. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time, to be in the presence of God one more time. How many know that the Lord is high above the heavens and his glory above the nations? If you're able, come on and stand and give God praise this morning.
we think about all that's going on in the world, and when you take a moment and look at your life, you are blessed. You have everything that you need. You might not have what you want, but you have what you need. You have your health. You have your mind. You have some strength in your body. You have the ability to come into the house of the Lord. It's, we ought to give God some thanks. We ought to give God some thanks. He's worthy. He's worthy. We bless you. Thank you. 
give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son and now let the weak say I am strong let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Come on and let's bless the Lord today. Father, you're worthy, you're worthy of all the praise. We bless you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. We ask you to have your way in this place, in this place, on this day, in the name of Jesus. of the Lord and let our hearts give thanks for all that God has done, is doing and will do <clears throat> for each and every one of us. Come with me now to the New Testament, the Gospel of John. John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And listen now. For the word of the Lord. I invite you to stand out of reverence for God's holy word. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard. She anointed Jesus' feet and wrapped them, wiped them with her hair. All the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, Judas said, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? And he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And he kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. But Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. Oh, you always will have the poor with you. But you, you do not always have me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
And now, won't you pray with and for me? Lord, as I come before you and your people today, I come asking for a fresh and full anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me today. Melt me, mold me. Fill me, use me. And I will give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Smile behind your mask. Amen. Amen. Our song topic for the morning is She Got It. She, she Got It. How many times have we been told something or, or taught something and we just didn't get it? But Mary, she got it. In our lesson, we see Mary at Jesus' feet after he had raised her brother Lazarus from the dead. You remember, Lazarus had died and been dead four days. Body thinking, the Bible says, and Jesus raised him from the dead. Oh, that's a great sermon for another time. Well, while Martha, Mary's sister, was serving dinner, in the word Martha is always the one making preparation, and Lazarus sat at the table with Jesus and his disciples, something unusual happened in that house. In fact, in that very room. You see, Mary was so moved by her love for Jesus that she wanted to express her gratitude to him for all that he had meant and all that he had done for her. Ask me what it was. What was it? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Mary was so moved that she wanted to express her gratitude. And you know what she did? She left the room and she returned with a container. Oh, I have it here. One that looks just like it. An authentic alabaster box. Just for the sermon today. So she left the room and she returned with a container, a jar, a jar filled with very, very, I said very expensive oil, perfume, and she anointed Jesus. You see, she poured out all the oil on Jesus, but she didn't pour the oil on his head, which was the custom. She poured the oil on his feet 
Now you could go in someone's house in that day and it was common for them to wash your feet. You had been walking in sandals in the sand. Uh, but this had not been She, she put the oil on his feet. A sign of the greatest of humility. And then she wiped the oily feet with her hair. And then, somebody say, and then, and then something awesome and extraordinary and wonderful happened, oh child of God. The scriptures tell us that the whole house was filled with this sweet smell of Mary's extravagant gift. Glory to God. Now we know that in a house there are all kinds of odors. Anybody ever cook some chitlins? Oh, glory to God. That's okay, I like chitlins. Uh -huh. now, now we know that in a house there are all kinds of odors. However, after Mary finished anointing the feet of Jesus, only the sweet, sweet smell of her love offering. It's so wonderful to give a love offering. Was evident. Ah, the fragrance. The fragrance from her act of love was more powerful than anything else. Listen to me. When love, I'm talking about love now. I'm, I love love. When love fills a home, that love is able to absorb a lot of nasty odors. <laughs> oh, love absorbs and engrosses and captivates people and things, even in poverty. Even in poverty, can <clears throat> poverty can be absorbed. You remember in the days when there was so much love in the family. Did you didn't even know you were poor? Don't you hear it a lot? There's so much love in my house. I didn't even know we were poor. The sad thing today is we would rather be rich and unhappy. Rich and unlovable than poor and lovable. Because we haven't yet realized that there's nothing more important than love. And that you can't buy. Somebody needs to say, amen, hallelujah. Beloved people can be happy with little if love is present. Oh, did you know that? And if love is not present, then no matter how much people have, they are miserable. When love Love is present. You know, we're able to absorb and forgive the imperfections we see in all the people in the house. Oh, Jesus. When love is present, we're able to see a person's good qualities in spite of the bad. Love will see the best in us when everybody else sees the worst. When love is present in the church, oh, we are able to say there's a, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it is the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's the presence of God. Wherever there is the presence of God. Yeah. 
there is love. Now, while some in the house with Mary were moved by this act of extravagant love, uh, there was one, one, who openly criticized her. It amazes me how people are more comfortable openly criticizing than they are openly praising. Mm. It was a man you might have, have heard about. His name was Judas. You know that Judas was the disciple man as we prepare, prepare for Easter who betrayed Jesus to the authorities. And, and I'm sure that there were others who, who were offended too. So we learned that there will always be those who are offended by the generosity of love. In other words, no matter how good and loving we are, there will always be haters. Oh, somebody need to say amen. Let's name say neighbor. Don't hate. Appreciate. Now, now let's look further at this lesson. Let's look at it a little bit. First, what we know is that Mary was criticized when she expressed extravagant extravagant admiration. You know, people used to do that. They kick them shoes off and run around the church as they would. They come to the altar and lay down and cry in tears and give praise to God. Yes, they would. Ha! But in this time, this day and time, what Mary did broke tradition. See, that's what some of us think. We think if you come to the house of the Lord, especially that it's not a black church, that if you open your mouth, you're breaking tradition. That's why I don't like for people to say to me, uh, that's not Methodist. Because see, Methodist is not Christianity. Methodist is a tradition. And so when I want to act like I'm African-American, whatever Methodist church I'm in, my praise will be Extravagant. Oh, glory to God. She broke the tradition of the time. She broke with how things had always been done and were expected to stay. You see, when Mary sat at Jesus' feet, she was in the posture of a student. In that culture, a rabbi, a teacher, by positioning himself in a high chair, and his students sat at the ground so that they were literally at their teacher's feet. Oh, I can remember my wonderful mentor in the ministry. A man who put me up when no other woman had been up. Oh, I remember sitting at Dr. Zan Home Jr.'s feet to learn from him. Oh, but also in that day and in that time, all the students were men. Huh. Like when I got put up, all the preachers were men. Help me up in here, somebody. But they were all men. Oh, yes, they were. I'm not mad at them. But they were all men at the time. That day and that time is not this day and this time. You see, in that day, no woman was allowed to sit at the feet of the teacher and be taught. Women were expected to be where her sister Martha was. Uh -oh. In the kitchen. Not, not at the feet of the master. Not at Jesus' feet. 
teaching, learning about the deep spiritual things of life. Oh, I'm convinced and I know that I know that I know that we are living in an unheard of spiritual time. That we have moved to a whole new dimension, a portal of spirituality. And the church can't stay where she used to be and get left behind. Oh, as as a woman pastor, I've experienced that bias throughout my lifetime and still today. Secondly, 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 when Mary anointed the Lord with ointment, she unbound her hair and wiped his feet with her hair. Well, now, well, now. In that day and time, no self-respecting woman would appear in public with her hair hanging down. On the day a girl was married now, her hair was bound, and she would never be seen in public again with her long hair flowing on, on her head and her hair uncovered. Unbound hair was a sign of a loose woman. Y'all know what we call loose women today, hoochie, hoochie. <laughs> See, I just want women to go from Gucci to holy because it's possible. <laughs> and then thirdly, back then a woman was not to touch a single man's body. It was forbidden. Oh no, it was forbidden and, and to rub his feet. Come on now, come on Mary, come on. Today she would have been put out of church. Hallelujah. Touch a single man's body and rub his feet. Oh my God, girl. What you doing, Mary? Oh, but hear me now. Hear me now. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me now, my blood. Whatever we have said at Jesus' feet. Now that people come to church all their life, they have said at Jesus' feet. Well, we have said at Jesus' feet and his, and his love. His love has filled our lives. You know, it just makes us feel free. You know, when you feel with the Lord, you don't care that much about what people say. Hallelujah. You just want to please the Lord. The one who created you. The one who birthed you. The one who saved you. The one who gives to you. The one who keeps you. Hallelujah. That's the one who matters in your life. Oh, she... She sat at Jesus' feet and she felt free. She felt free to dream, free to think new thoughts, free to love, free to, free to try the unusual, free to get out of the place that society had prescribed for her. The Bible says, for the person whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Somebody need to say amen. Uh, you don't want to be all caught up in what used to be. You don't want to be all tangled up in what you think when you don't know the word of God. You don't want to be the same as you used to be because everything grows and changes. Oh, glory to God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, when we have been freed by Jesus' liberating love. Oh, we can express ourselves in ways that we once felt 
We could not. It surprises me to hear people when I know they say, you know, I don't want the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost may make me do things that I don't want to do. Which is a very ignorant statement to begin in the first place. Because what the Holy Ghost does is the Holy Ghost liberates you to do what you ought to be doing and then discover, I'll never go back. Oh, hallelujah. I grew up in the United Methodist Church and I tell you, when I was in Dallas, Texas and my mentor told us, you can be black in the United Methodist Church and we started acting not like Baptists, but black people who happened to be Baptists. Glory to God. Pentecostal people who kept the authentic tradition of black spirituality alive. When we got that, all that I could say was, I'll never go back. Oh, good God Almighty. Ooh, I'll never go back to the way I grew up in a Methodist church. Never, never, I'll never go back. Oh, we feel free. We feel free. Like our ancestors did. That's how they overcame the reality of slavery. They were so filled with the spirit that they felt free. So they'd go have church and hide where they could sing when the spirit said sing. And they could shout when the spirit said shout. Because they were slaves. They were freed up in the Holy Ghost. Oh, in the Holy Ghost. People coming in acting like they dead. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I know you know how to act when you die. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You already practiced it. Well, we can express ourselves in ways that we thought we could not at one time. We feel free to let tears of joy flow. We feel free to just clap our hands, wave our hands and praise to God. We feel, we feel, we feel free enough to shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We feel free to testify about the goodness of the Lord in public. Oh, somebody have to say amen. Oh, glory to God. Some of y'all won't even testify at your own house because somebody in there don't like the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, anybody who's lived in my house, they know they may have a shout. They may hear me in there jumping, crying, joyful, making up all kind of noise. Even while they sleep, somebody need to say amen. I testify about the goodness of the Lord. Oh, when you know him, when you sit at his feet, you feel free enough to walk down the aisle and join the church or fill out a form online because you're free enough to know no matter what the world says, everybody put, put their name on the road today. This is a new day. <laughs> All the signs are here. Jesus is coming and you better be at the house by any means possible when he returns. Uh, Mary had been touched. She was unashamed of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Mary had been touched and by Jesus she had found freedom do you get it do you get it Mary's love for Jesus set her free set her free and when she expressed her love for him in spite of what people might think or say Jesus himself came to her rescue I can't tell you how many times Jesus has done that for me Jesus 
came to her rescue. He's done it over and over and over. Men say, I don't believe when we were called to preach. That same man a year or two invited me to the pulpit. I'm telling you, Jesus, Jesus. There are some doors that nobody can open but Jesus. Can't, can't keep a woman out when Jesus is in the house. Hallelujah to God. Oh, her, her, her love for Jesus set her free. And then when she expressed her love for him, Jesus came to the rescue. She didn't have to say a word. He'll send somebody. Dr. Holmes looked at me, he said, look, when they start questioning you about why you got on a robe sitting in the pulpit with six other men, preachers, and me, when they just get, just, just don't. Just look at them and say, go talk to Dr. Holmes. It's good to have somebody of power who got your back. It's good. I was looking at the black woman who will become the first court supreme judge in the country as they docked her out. And then to hear Senator Corey. Jesus with his hair like wool. Hallelujah! I'm talking about the strength of a man when he got your back. He said, oh, so sorry. You know what, sister? He said, I know as a black woman in this country, I have what you've been through. Oh, I just started weeping like a baby. I started weeping like a baby. I'm going, oh, somebody's going to say it out loud. They say, no! What black women have had to go through in this country. A black man spoke up. I'm sure he had his mama on his mind. I'm sure he had his sister on his mind. I'm sure he had his love for what he has seen the strength yeah. in a black woman in his in memory. Yeah. But Jesus, see, Jesus will speak through humans too, you know, you know, give them boldness. Jesus himself spoke up for Mary. You know what we need to understand about Jesus? So all these biblical illiterate people can just stop their lie. Jesus never had a problem with women. In fact, Jesus broke every rule of society in that day around women. In fact, Jesus even gave the gospel to a woman. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. You remember, I don't want to start preaching next week's sermon, but anyway. You know, she went to the tomb. Now, if Jesus had been a sexist, he would have said, Mary, come in. I want, I got something to say, but I want you to go get the boys. Bring them to me so I can tell them. Oh, now he said, Mary, you go tell them. You go tell them yourself. Jesus is alive. 
from the mouth of a woman came the first words of the gospel. Oh, let me tell you something. Jesus wasn't going to sit around while anybody messed with a woman who loved him. Y'all better get your lovers right. You wonder why that man won't speak up for you? He ain't Jesus. But if you like Jesus, Jesus spoke up. He came to her rescue. She didn't have to say a word. He defended her and he fought her battles. That's why women sometimes we talk too much. Who if we just learn to hold our peace and just let the Lord fight our battles? Then victory will be out. Listen, when you show your love for the Lord, when I show my love for the Lord, the Lord will fight our battles and make my enemies. Our footstool. Don't worry about people who don't like you. Come on now. Got to have somebody at the party. The Lord sets the table before your enemies. Got to have some people to invite. Hallelujah. Don't be upset with having enemies because only people who love the Lord have enemies. Oh, glory to God. He'll set a table for you in front of your enemies and He'll bless you indeed. Won't He do it? Do you know Him? Oh, ha, ha. oh, but listen, listen, I'm getting through. Check this out, check this out. In addition, a lesson tells us about a man in the room. Just happened to be a man, could have been a woman, but it was a man in the room because I don't dog men like that. I love my daddy too much. In addition, our lesson tells us about a man in the room, one of Jesus' disciples. His name was Judas. The one who was about to betray Jesus. You have to watch that kind of people. People who are critical all the time. I'm going to tell you something, but they smile in your face. Don't fool yourself. They're the ones going to stab you in the back. I'm going to tell you now. Don't get caught up in smiles. Ooh, glory to God. Child of God. The child of God, please help me. Why? Why do people want to get in our business? That was Mary's perfume. Why do people want to get in our, our business? Why do they want to taste our lemonade? Get your own lemonade. Why do they want to go through our own stuff? Check your own stuff out. Why do they want to say something about our perfume? Today, by the scholars value that that all of that perfume Mary had that day today would be worth $20,000. Jesus was upset with Judas. Here comes Judas. Judas, oh, big mouth, negative Judas. Don't surround yourself with people like that. The Bible says you don't have to pick your family. Oh, glory to God. And here he come, he come. Why is she wasting such valuable perfume? He's a thief. You know, sometimes people have done the worst things or the most critical. Oh, Lord have mercy. Does she have any idea, he said, what that stuff cost? Does she, does she realize what could have been done with the proceeds if it had been sold? She could have used that money to feed the hungry. She could have used that money to clothe the naked and house the homeless. She must be crazy. Why, 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 why do people 
to be in your business. In my business. Now look, if you want you want to be in the business, my business, let me just tell you how I am. I invite people I want to be in my business. And there are some people I just need their help. I want them in my but you ain't invited to be in my business. Please stay out of my business. If I want your advice, I'll ask for your advice. I can remember a time when I said to the church, please don't bother me at the parsonage. Do not bother me. Y'all always bothering. Please, please, please do not come to the parsonage unannounced. Okay, don't be driving by to see what you can see. I said, please, just stay out of my business. And after church, one of the elders, who I love dearly, well, they knew they may be getting on my nerves. They sent her because I liked her because she loved me. And I love anybody who loved me. The elder loved me and she was funny. She came up to me and she said, now, Pastor, with all due respect, you really don't have no business for nobody to get in. She was right, my life was and still is rather bland. Not much juicy stuff in my life to talk about. Oh, glory to God. I wish it was up there. Hallelujah. Not much juicy stuff. No, 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 in my life. I'm just saying, so don't go to the trouble because you're going to be real disappointed. <laughs> But, but watch this. After Judas opened his big mouth and criticized Mary, after Judas got all up in Mary's business, Jesus, I said, Jesus, you know, everyone get in trouble with Jesus. Jesus immediately spoke up for Mary. Listen, when you love the Lord, he'll speak up for you. He told Judas, leave her alone. This is her ornament purchased with her money, earned by her labor. You haven't contributed anything to it, so you have nothing to say about it. Leave her alone and let her express herself as God's Holy Spirit has directed her. Leave her alone. What she's doing is in preparation for my burial. You don't even know what's going on. You ain't got it. I told the disciples, I've talked to you over and over. You still don't have it. Jesus said, you will always have the poor among you because there will always be selfish, greedy people just like you, Jesus, in the world. Therefore, anytime you desire, you can do something for the poor. But leave Mary alone. Let her take advantage of this moment in time. Lord, let her express her love to me while she can because she will only have me for a little while longer. You see? You see? You see, child of God, Mary knew something was getting ready to happen. See, when you're a spiritual being, you can, you can feel things. Or the Lord will sometimes just give you a word of knowledge, give you a word of wisdom. Oh, glory to God. Yes, he will. Oh, he wanted her to take advantage of it. Mary knew something was getting ready to happen to Jesus. 
She knew the end was near for him. She knew that Jesus was on the way to Calvary. See, folk who think they're not sinners don't even believe in Calvary, but we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, so we all want to want to know about Calvary. Ah, she knew that Jesus was on his way to Calvary to die in our place for the sins that we had committed. She knew. She got it. She got it. Another child of God, we must see this picture. You see what Mary pours that precious oil on Jesus and prepares him for burial after his crucifixion. It's not because she doesn't care about anyone else. It's because she gets it. Mary gets it. People walk in church and can't praise God. They don't get it. She understands what Jews, Judas doesn't. When we're ruled by our own self-interest and our controlling need to do it our way, we rush ahead and we rush blind and nosy. And we don't get it either. Some people just don't get it. Do you get it? Did your neighbor say neighbor? I get it. Mary loved Jesus because Jesus loved her first. She got it. She got it. Then Jesus looked her in the eye and called her to sit beside him as one of his disciples, breaking the rules again, inviting a woman to the table to sit with the brother disciples. Jesus broke all of the oppressive rules society at that time about women. This man, this man, Jesus raised her brother from the dead. She got it. She knows to expect miracles from him. She saw it. She knows he deserves costly, extravagant, all-consuming devotion uh, that captures everyone's attention and fills the house with the sweet aroma Mary's behavior. Is overly abundant, overly generous, exceedingly gracious, and exactly in character with the Jesus that she loves. Ah, don't we all expect for those who say they love us to always show us that they love us with their actions? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Hmm. Judas didn't understand what was going on at the spiritual level. Tell me better. <laughs> In a new level of spirituality, I'm telling you, he, he didn't get it. People are not getting it today. God's talking to us in such clear ways. Who was and rumors of was, the weather doing all kind of strange uh, things, disease, ooh, crime. God is talking to us. He, uh, oh, Judas didn't know what love does. Judas was so busy thinking about himself that he just didn't get it. Judas could not comprehend because his heart was closed to the mission and the love of Jesus. He just didn't get it. Judas didn't understand. 
this is what I want to say as I close to people who don't get it. People who see me and think I'm crazy. People who see me, I have preached all over the country and the one question I've heard more than anything else, a one statement is that you can't be a United Methodist.
finger Heard folks whisper There's no room here for her ask us to do is to remember if our minds have become our worst enemy they say today 
because when you're not at a spiritual level, you're at a mind level. And the mind just wants to bring up stuff all the time that you ought to have forgotten by now. <laughs> the mind wants to tell you all kind of mess that you don't need to hear right now. The mind. Oh, but when you move up a little higher to the spirit, the spirit of God says, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus says, stop. Stop all the cray cray in the mind. Move on up and remember what I've done. that you would like to have the service of home communion, we will be glad to send it to you. But today, let's remember, as we say, the peace of God be with you always. God so loved the world. Extravagant God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting. Let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all that is evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus invites us, come to me all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We invite you now to spiritually unite with all the members of the Corner First United Methodist Church, and with all of the saints of the church in heaven and on earth, and partake of the Lord's Supper that has been consecrated by me. According to the Gospel of Luke, when our risen Lord was at table with his disciples, he, he took bread and he blessed it and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened 
glory to God. And they recognized him. They got it. So I invite you now to take body of Jesus Christ, the cup of salvation, the body broken for you and for me. Amen. Taking the cup. This is the blood of Jesus Christ, the cup of salvation poured out for you and for me. Drink of it. And now let us pray. Oh, we thank you, God. We thank you that through your word and this holy communion that you have given us your son, who is the true bread from heaven and food for eternal life. And so this day, we bring you our joys and our concerns. We bring you our love extravagantly. So as we go, strengthen us in your service that our daily living may show our thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us all say, Amen.